All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck heads? That's a bad one. That is not friendly. It is what the fuck's giving. That doesn't even work. Is that a lot of profanity for Thanksgiving? Is it? Are you listening on Thanksgiving? Happy Thanksgiving. Perhaps this is a respite, uh, a moment of reprieve from the emotional turmoil that is going on pre-food or post-food. Perhaps you're walking away from the house in a huff, thinking, "How? why did I come home? Why do, why do I have to be from these people? Why am I of this family? Oh my God, I should be over this. I'm a grown person. Why do they push my buttons? Just take a breath. It's okay. You don't have to go back to the house right now. Just take another walk around the block. Relax. You've eaten a lot. You're not thinking straight. Perhaps you've had some drinks, some cocktails, thinking that would ease the, uh, the, uh, the anxiety of, uh, of being at home with your family. Perhaps you're driving away for good. I'd like to talk to that person right now, the person that was at Thanksgiving meal uh, maybe a half an hour ago and just said, fuck it, this is it. I'm done with this shit. And you're in your car and you don't know where you're going. It's okay, man. Just drive as far as you got to drive to get your shit level. Do you understand? That's what Thanksgiving is about. Maybe if you're in that car right now and you're thinking like, I don't know where I'm going to go, but I'm done with it. I'm done with it. And, And perhaps you've just thrown your phone out the window. But you haven't because there'd be no way to listen to me in the car without your phone or without out an iPod. So let's assume you've still got your electronic device because you're listening to me. And I'm telling you this, don't throw the phone out the window because then you're really fucked. I know you've made a big decision here. You've turned your back on your life, on your family, on Thanksgiving Day. It's awkward. People are going to be upset. Police are going to be called soon. But don't throw the phone away until you're really sure that this is what you want to do. Because once you throw that phone away, you can't tweet. There's no Facebooking. There's no FaceTiming. There's no uh, texting. I, I fucked up. I'm coming back now. I'm only two hours away. None of that. Then, you know, what happens is you make a decision and then you're like, where the fuck did I throw that phone away? So your big decision to get freedom and clear your mind and make a huge change in your life just turns out to be you along the side of the road within a three or four mile radius looking for your fucking iPhone. Is that the way you want to spend the rest of your afternoon? I don't think so. So I say, you know, take a breath, relax, realize that uh, you don't have to live with those people that you just drove away from. And uh, that's really going to be okay. You know, you'll fly home. You know, what, Friday, maybe tomorrow, maybe Saturday. You deal with it. Perhaps if you're really at home, why don't you drive around and go around to where you went to high school? Take a look at that. Go look at, go, go see some of the kids you grew up with if you're in that type of situation. And then, then what you experience is, hey, hey, I'm still alive. Hey, it's Thanksgiving. Perhaps I should be grateful for what I have. If you're alive and things are okay... There's something to be grateful for. Look, I know it's hard, man. I mean, you're the one who drove off after Thanksgiving in a huff because your dad slash mom slash kid slash wife slash husband slash aunt said something that rubbed you the wrong way. You're a fuck this. I'm out of here. But you're awake and you're alive and there's things to be grateful for. Have you heard of the gratitude list idea? Hey, I don't want to push spiritual mumbo jumbo on anybody because God knows I am godless. But uh, you know, maybe it's maybe this is the day. Maybe this is the day you make a list. Hey, instead of the like pros and cons of uh, you know attempting suicide, 
Why not? Uh, what I'm grateful for. I've got my health. Uh, I'm still uh, capable of, uh, of uh, you know, talking. Um, I can walk. I can eat what I want generally. I can, you know, I have friends in my life. Um, I'm doing okay. All that shit. Right? Am I right? Come on. It's Thanksgiving and you're full and you're letting it determine your decisions. Just relax. Did I mention I got John Heffron on the show today? Some of you may not know John Heffron. Am I going to pronounce this? How many different ways am I going to pronounce his last name? John Heffron. He was on Last Comic Standing. He's come a long way. He's a he's a road dog. And he's a funny guy and he's a sweet guy. And I never really talked to him before we sat down and had this conversation. And it's an interesting conversation because, uh, look, I know some people think we talk about how, you know, making a sausage. Is that that's the phrase they use? I, w- I was very excited when I heard that phrase, when I heard that poetic analogy for behind the scenes, how the sausage is made. Well, I don't feel like we do much of that, but it turns out that me and John got off on on a, a sort of a tear, sort of a behind you know inside baseball sort of riff on uh, on what it's like to be a comic, and and I I had no idea how much I think about it. I had no idea how much I think about the nuts and bolts of it and how, you know, over time, you, you don't get into something with a system. You know, who the fuck gets into something? You think you have a system when you start. You know, it's like, I got these jokes and I'm going to go up there for that five minutes. I'm going to do a thing. But when you do it half your life and everything is, is by trial and error, uh, you're much more acutely aware of, of a craft that you may not even think about on a day-to-day basis. And me and Heffron get into it. So if you're a comic... Uh, this is a pretty good episode to listen to. And I'm not tooting my own horn. It's just that we we talked like a couple of old comics about very nuanced uh, stuff in terms of uh, how we do what we do. If you're not a comic, I think you'll find it interesting uh, because it, it, it was just it was just two comics talking about, you know, you know, what we're up against, how we handle it and what we do and what we plan and what we don't plan and how we approach it. And like I said, we don't do much of this. Uh, we, I, I don't think I talk a lot of inside baseball at all, actually. Some of you may not realize, I, maybe you do realize, that there are guys out there that, that do comedy as a job. It's a job. There's plenty of guys out there that you may not know or you may not have heard of that are out there working every week. They're doing boats. They're doing corporates. They're doing clubs you've never heard of, and that's what they do. They they don't. They're not necessarily TV stars. Maybe that didn't happen. Maybe they didn't try. Uh, maybe they expected it to happen and it didn't happen. Or maybe they're just comics and that's their job. There's plenty of work for guys who just do the job in Vegas uh, for functions on boats and stuff. And that that's part of the comedy life that uh, a lot of people don't talk about. There are real road guys out there that have been at it forever. Granted, many of them you know, had opportunities or they didn't have opportunities or, or things didn't quite work out. But when it comes right down to it, uh, that's what they committed their life to. That's that's their job and they're great at it. I was watching Billy Gardell's, uh, he's got a new uh, showcase show on Showtime, uh, Road Comics. And it was great to see the guys that he has on because some of them I know, but no one else would know them. They're just great comics that just do the job of comedy without necessarily the fanfare or the TV credits or the attention that uh, you know the comics that you know uh, have. They're out there doing the job. And John's one of those guys. So uh, this is a, it's sort of an interesting conversation 
uh, about that. It's just about, you know, the job of the stand-up comic. All right, so let's talk to John Heffron. I think we're coming into this conversation. We were chatting about David Sedaris. And uh, listen and experience a couple of comics talking shop. And uh, don't be afraid to chime in, comics. Feel free to enter the conversation, even though we can't hear you, but uh, feel free to do that. So let's talk to John Heffron. I have a buddy that knows him, and they were talking stand-up, and he was like, I could never do it. I'm like, what? You do do it, right? I know, and he does it better than most stand-up. Well, I think he sees himself as, you know, he goes up there and he, uh, you know, he reads his bits. Yeah. It's a little easier. Yeah, yeah. Just his writing, though. You yeah. Know, just getting laughs like, I mean, it's, it's so good. I know. It's so it's, solid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if we were, if we could just go up and read our bits. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, and just kind of wait it out. I think there, there's sort of like a protection in that, that, you know, it, it's like, it's obviously he's a great writer. Right. But I mean, if you're going up there and going like, okay, um, now here's my presentation, I'm going to read my things. Yeah, and you know, it's yeah thought out and stuff because I, I mean, I'm trying to write a book. Yeah, I know you just you just wrote yeah. yours, and uh, boy, it's it, it's it's funny how when you put stuff on paper to read, read, yeah, it's not near as funny as it is just when you say it on stage. It's trickier, right? Yeah, because I I get all my shows transcribed now. You do for the book, or just in general, because I've never written a joke down in my entire life. I'm the same way, I've dude. I've never sat down and went, all right, here we go, going right. to do something funny about buses. Right. Never. It's always been on stage. Yeah, right. Me too. Where, so I get it transcribed, and then I get it sent back to me. That's just the lazy guy way to do it. And then I read it and go, this all sucks. I know, because- <laughs> you This know, all? What am I even doing? I, I should, is UPS hiring? Yeah. <laughs> because I suck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but- Well, the, well that's, the, that's the thing about performing. It's like, you don't know how much you're getting away with just by pacing, timing. I mean, you read some jokes, and it's like, all right, there's the punchline. Right. Boom. That's it. That's where the laugh comes. But I'm the same as you. I, I, watch, I watch my stuff. I look at my stuff on paper. I'm like, how does this even get laughs? Or how much of it is personality driven? Right. You know, like, so yep. if I go to, if I have people in the audience who know who I am and have seen my stuff before, yeah. I, I get a little bit of street cred with them. Right. So I can get away with just being the John Heffern guy who's yeah. on stage. But if you've never met me before, right. you, that little cutesy little whatever I do on stage doesn't doesn't pass. Is that we, the cutesy thing? <laughs> yeah, the I charming mean, thing? Yeah, the, the, that thing. You go, the trick. Nah, nah, yeah, no, no. The trick of, of, of uh, presenting material. Or I do it like if you perform, like if you have a cold or a sore throat, then I realize... Man, this this joke only got a laugh because I was loud when I was saying the punchline. So, you know, when you don't have the yeah, the vocal, no, I'm like, wow, does this, this joke doesn't hit the merit test? Because do I? I don't scream, right? But like, it's definitely yeah. This you is attitude, it. yeah, yeah. Attitude. And when you take away your, you have a sore throat. You're like, okay, my hands are tied for that one too. So yeah. what does that say to you? I mean, what do you what do you do about that? I mean, outside I just, of just be insecure about it. I mean. <laughs> It's a weird moment where you realize, like, oh, my God, I'm just, uh, it's all personality. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's uh, I don't I I wish I could say I, then I change it up and try to make it better. I just go okay. Well, <laughs> I guess I guess just joke could be funnier once my throat comes back. Yeah. No, but when you're looking at it transcribed or you're working on writing a book, I mean, is there do you do you, are you because I found when I was looking at my stuff, right? The, some of the stuff that was transcribed or some of the stuff that was bits is that you can definitely make it better on the page. I mean, I don't know if you'll bring that back up on stage with you, but you can add shit. I remember when I first my like first Tonight Show. Larry Miller, you know, said, write out all your stuff, write right. out the bit, and then exactly how you say it, and then look through every word and go, okay, why am I, why does it take me four words to get to this when I could just get right there? Oh, he did tell you that? Yeah. So did that I, help you? So I did that, and then it edited it, yeah, and that was probably the cleanest set I've ever done in my life, and because I've never done that again. So it just, there's a it lot It worked, of, though. Yeah. But you didn't do it again. But then that's too much work involved then. See? Now you're asking me to... No, that's a little... You know I mean, I've never been one of those guys. I've always been kind of long-winded, storyteller-y guy. Yeah, me too. But I mean, what? But I'm I'm constantly hard on myself about it too because yeah. I constantly think like I should have more punchlines. I could be more efficient. You know, why am I... You know, why don't I just, you know, do this? Right, yeah. Well, what have you come up with? Why don't you just do it? Are we just fucking lazy? Are we I think afraid? I, or- I know I am. I'll, I'll say that, uh, but... You know, lately in the last maybe year or two, uh, I've done a lot more stuff with my show as far as all the other elements besides actually what, pyrotechnics. I do pyrotechnics. <laughs> I jump in from the ceiling. Uh, I have dancers. You ever have? Your bit really kills when you have actually dancers. He's on a wire. Down. Yeah, he's yeah. flying on a wire amongst the dancers. But just as far as uh, anchor, you know, uh, s- stage movement in in kind of you know anchoring certain parts of the stage yeah. for different acts and in tone that I do with my voice like I'm really getting into that stuff which it may not make any difference at all but yeah. in my head I think I'm doing some Jedi ninja stuff so wait you move over here like I'm going to deliver this stage right I'm going to I'm going to I do uh, yeah cuz uh, uh yes Okay, so, so I mean, that, not that scripted. No, I get you. But I have I have an area of the stage which is my uh, new area. So if I'm trying new stuff, yeah. I'll go stand over there. For just, it's kind of like a safety zone. But, but then, if but is that a random decision, or have you decided like, well, that zone is uh, better for new stuff? I've <laughs> I've determined that area is better for new stuff. <laughs> is this a a superstitious? Uh, uh, no, what belief I did. Or? I, w- I went. I had some time off, which. I never really do. And I went to a two week long speaker training. Now, really? this is, I, I've done stand up for 23 years. And this, I went to this thing about two years ago. And Wait, now, what compelled you? I'm just, re- I have friends that do a lot of, of that type so, of okay, training. Okay, so this is sort of like, why can't I be a speaker too? It was how, a buddy, yeah. And, and I do a lot of corporate events now. And then I want to start doing some like keynote speeches at colleges just to kind of broaden the, mm-hmm. in case I disappear from clubs, at least this way I'm not homeless. But, yeah, and, and exactly. Because I mean, I thought about that too. It's sort of like, what's, you know, I mean, it's one thing getting NACA dates. You know, and doing college dates yes. for twelve-year-olds, or you know, or, or you're just performing for the kids that can't get off campus. But the speaking engagement—that's a whole different thing. It changed up because you know, twenty years ago, I was doing a bazillion NACA shows. Right now, I'm forty-three. I don't, I, ha- I don't have a lot to say to an eighteen-year-old. Other than like, yeah, go back, don't, don't, yeah, because you know, I, I plan I, ahead. Yeah, I mean, and there's material. I, I think you know, as you get older as a comic, there's chunks of material you do at certain ages yeah 20 year old comics will do the same hey so was that a bar how come you don't get 
I went to yeah. a gay bar and how come no one, you know, yeah, you yeah, have yeah. stuff that hovers right, around right, that age. Right, right. And then when you grow past that and yeah. then you get in your 30s, there's jokes and material yeah. that's when in the air. Things are starting to get darker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. by the time you're in your 50s, then you get political. I don't, right. I, yeah. Or political, your idealism is completely crushed and you're just cranky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not doing that, but you know, because every young guy has that, that bit about, so, I mean, I got nothing to do after the show. What's a good place to go? Where yeah. they're fishing for <laughs> bars to go to after right. the show. Right, right. Boy, don't when you do stuff differently on pot than yeah, than yeah. Not? That's um, true, man. That's true. It doesn't. It, so, well, it's interesting because we'll get back to the public speaking thing in a minute. Because you think about those guys, like I know guys, you know guys that built their their primary audience, you know, out of kids, and then like you know, ten years down the line, you where those kids are gone, they're not going out. They got families. They got jobs. They're gone. It's I over. Always, I always say maybe just the phase I'm going through. It's kind of remember that song. I think it's one of the saddest songs in the history of the world. Is that um. Puff the Magic Dragon. Yeah. <laughs> right? But poor Puff is hanging out with little Jackie Puff, and they're hanging out, and they're yeah. friends, and, and the kid's coming over and stuff, and then one day that kid doesn't show up anymore. Right. And then poor Puff is sitting in the in the cave going, what the... F-? And he screams. He yeah. lets out a big... I sometimes think that way with comics. You're, if you hang out in that one area of... In that cave, puffing? Yeah. And, you know, kids will show up for a second, but right. then what happens is yeah. they get older. Yeah, well, that dragon's kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah, he never leaves yeah. the cave. He wanted us to watch porn the last time we were over. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. He's like, just, just rub my inner thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, it, and I've always just, as a comic, I you know, I don't want to be that... Second show Saturday. Where are my tequila drinkers? Oh, dude. At, at a certain age, you know. So there's a risk. Terrifying. With, terrifying. I've always talked about whatever was going on in my life in that time. Yeah. So now I'm 43. I have 43 year old problems. Yeah. 20 year olds maybe have can't relate to that yet. Yeah. So I sometimes have my managers go. He always give it gives an example of yeah. Carlin versus Robert Klein. Right. Klein always talked about what is, what's going on in his age, mm-hmm. and then his crowd eventually dies off, right? <laughs> well, Carlin, older. Well, yeah, well, Carlin stayed. Observational completely. And then, so college kids always kind of came into him because he was this ranty, yeah, wh- whatever. Cranky so old uncle. The, so there's a the, fine line. The cool professor. Yeah. Or I just, you know, I end up in Branson, Missouri, and- I have a nice 1 p.m. show, and I perform for old people, which would be my age. You, you do know, a clean act? I, yeah. You can. Or you uh, yeah, I always have. Really? Since I was 18. No filth. Uh, what? I mean, I swear, yeah. but my the bits that I do aren't dirty. Wait, wait, let's talk about this public speaking thing. So you're like, all right, I got I need a plan B. I'd like to have another option. Right. Right. So what what did they teach you there? What was that like? Who Pro- who goes to those things? Um uh like business people, yeah. I, I was in with with people from around the world, like CEOs uh-huh. and and stuff like that. Just want to get their chops together to to get in front of and people. Then, and then and then the deal with this two week program is then you put together your TED talk. So you went through this two week intensive, and then at the end of the two weeks, you had twenty minutes of really polished. Did they call it a TED talk or this just twenty minute presentation? Twenty minutes. That that's yeah. what you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because for some weird reason, I doing one of those type talks is like on my radar to, I would really like to you want to be a TED talker but if you see those those guys that kill that that's a tough because I just look at the comments yeah. and I don't know if I could handle that don't scrutiny. ever look at comments oh, it's anywhere it's, ever it's, I get it all the yeah, time don't don't look at them 
you know. There's no winning that. I turned that off of my, uh, my YouTube Maybe you should do stuff. a TED Talk about comments, <laughs> comment boards. <laughs> about those people who put one stars yeah. uh, on book reviews. Who the fuck are those yeah, people? Yeah, how bad was your dad yeah, not yeah. around yeah. that you feel that you got to go, well, I, I, I've heard a lot you? of this stuff before. I've never left a comment in my life. Who does that? I don't know. I mean, look, I'm grateful for Yelp comments. You know, we, we you know, when we go to a restaurant, you know, I right. could get that, you know, a Yelp comment, but just to fucking dump shit on some guy's five minutes or 15 yep. minutes, it's like, shut the fuck up. I like when I get, sometimes I'll get tweets and, you know, stuff saying people you suck. I would never come and see you. And I'm like, who? I, there's, let's say there's a band you don't like. Yeah, would yeah. you go to their website, yeah, yeah. look at their tour schedule yeah. and go, hey, Nickelback, I see yeah, you're coming yeah. to Cleveland. Fuck I just want to let you know, I will not be there. <laughs> Who do, like, count me out yeah. <laughs> who has that kind of time I don't I, I don't get it I don't so. know. we have that kind of time but we choose not to do yes, that yeah we choose not to write our jokes yeah it was hard I when I was on uh last comic that's when I probably got the most because it's just a numbers game I True. mean exposed to millions of people well, let's so, get into that in so a second. you're gonna have yeah people, billion people you're, you're inviting you yourself to it yeah, yeah, yeah they have a website that yeah. is encouraging people to fucking do that <laughs> which is probably one of the big problems with the commenting and troll culture in general is that you know you have these fucking shows they want people to go to their website yeah. so there's they're literally saying you know say something yeah and, and, and any of it's like okay fuck you yeah, you know, yeah. who's not going to do that all right so what do you learn at this public speaking okay, thing so it was uh learned uh how to um Anchor certain parts of the stage. Yeah. And then- uh, and This is where you came up with the uh, the new joke part of the stage. Well, I, I, I do a thing in my act, yeah, where I, I, I talk to younger guys and kind of give them some advice of what's going to happen to them as they get older. Not doing a bit, <laughs> but right? Yeah. So I learned, and I never did this before, where I would kind of, with one of my hands, I would point young guys, and every time I would talk about young guys with my uh, left hand, yeah. I would kind of literally point to the ground over right. here. Yeah. And then when I got talk about getting older, I would point yeah. the opposite. Way. Right. Well, then I was doing my stuff, and when I go, well, what, young guys, what you're not going to realize, and I just started walking over to yeah. the the older part of the stage, right. which I didn't. That got a laugh. Right. So then it kind of consistently. Know, yeah. Okay. Taught me that I, yeah. I I could skip a lot of words mm-hmm. by just going over there. Sure. Because oh, I've and, already I've already mentally like old guys are over, right. I've, I've already mentally told you anytime I'm over there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going, to, and then I started doing stuff where. Because when I talk about being married, if if I talk about going to bars and stuff, then I always have women after the show going, "Why were you at a bar and you're married?" Because yeah. they're not paying attention. Right. right. I was. Right. So now when I go and stand in the young guy area, yeah. then I, I'm free to be whatever. Oh, I get it. it. It's kind of yeah, yeah. and it's, it's but in your mind it works and it seems to be getting the response. And you, you know want. what? And it's just maybe. Honestly, it's just for me. And sometimes if I think, oh, that worked because I pointed over there. Sure, that just man. makes it more interesting for yeah, me we, on stage. We've got to like, have our things. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. There's it, it really, it could be all just horse shit, but yeah. it, just for me, no, it, it be, gets me it, excited to go, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm they're like, try uh, this. yeah, they're like magic uh, talisman. They're sort of like, it's like carrying a magic marble. You know, yeah, yeah. I, you know, you know, you know, it's something that gets your brain. If your brain focuses on that, then yeah, then it or works. Or I'll, I'll do stuff if I, uh, you know, you learn some hand movements. Um, that yeah, tell do, a story. Do they do that? Is that the ones who teach politicians to always do that weird, you know, holding the pen business? There's you know, always it's always emphasis or or like your tone. Like I do this anyway, but I think some of the good comics are the conversational ones that yeah. the voices will get you know start off like this, yeah, and then all of a sudden the, the voices will get really crazy, right, and then they drop it here. 
And one sure. of the things that I learned at this thing, now they didn't use this example, but... I, but the Gene Wilder system, the Sam Kennison system, the uh, the Brian Regan system. Yeah, well, you have yeah. three different people at a show. This is how, how I thought of it. You have uh, drunk people, mm. which is the middle. You have pot people, which is below, and then coke people. Mm. If you hang out in one of those areas too long, yeah. you're going to lose the other two. Well, if you hang out in the Coke area too long, you're yeah, gonna lose you're gonna everything. be gone. You're gonna be gone everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly. It's all gonna be gone if you're there for too long. Now you can hit you can hit that area for just a second or sure, two. Sure, but but be a responsible adult and just and go back down. Yeah, yeah. So you've got it broken down into drug tiers. Yeah, that's how they didn't explain it to me that way. But that's this is for, your interpretation. For what I do for the, a living, the, they weren't telling corporate CEOs. Yeah, listen, like, you, you know, can have three a bunch tiers. of people on coke. There's pot, yeah. there's booze, and there's coke. Yeah, yeah. So I got to assume that when you go into something like this, you're you're ahead of the curve. Uh, you, you public speak for a living, and you do it intuitively. Some things I was awesome at. Yeah. Other things I sucked beyond belief. What was as a comic? What did you suck beyond belief at? Believe it or not, I, I I got busted a lot for my eye contact. Couldn't look at people. Couldn't look at the audience. Yeah, I would bounce around like you know, like I would. Yeah. I would. My eyes were always darting instead yeah. of finding one person and just. I find one person all the time, and they even end up getting uncomfortable. It's you can't do that as a stand-up. That's the difference. Yeah, I look to the back of the room, spread it around. You know what I mean? Yeah, they, and, and then they also taught us as I'm thinking of random stuff about crowds what happens to a crowd the phases now this is more for speaking and let's say businessy but yeah crowds what happens to them and then how in every uh, whatever number of people there's a subconscious group leader mm. and that person is leading that group whether yeah. they know it or not so let's sure. say it's somebody in the left stage left that is just scowling the whole time not enjoying themselves yeah they have more people are tuned in to the person not laughing. Depending on what the dynamic laughing. of the group is. So you find those group leaders yeah. or if they're problems, then you yeah. go after that person sure. and try to deball that group leader. They said this is they and, said deball at the public. They didn't speaking. say that. See, I, I've edged it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. They didn't But but that's something we know intuitively. I know yeah. that shit intuitively. I mean, I'll go into a room before the show starts, before the fucking opener goes on, yeah. and just feel it. Yeah. And I'll be like, that table. That table. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, have you ever been told I've been off the one time I remember like literally stereotypical leather vest biker guys coming oh, yeah. in. And right. I was like, Oh boy, here we go. They don't they don't say a word. The yeah, two the teachers from Ohio, those right. two chicks don't shut up the entire time. No, yeah, I've been wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've... wrong. But a lot of times those guys it's just a cockfight. You know, sometimes with those guys who you know are bad seeds, they just want to be, you know, you just got to hand them their ass for a second, you know, fucking yeah. be diplomatic. But, you know, women who don't shut up, then there's no, I don't know. Not you can do. Yeah. I think most most comedy clubs, I think, should have a big lesbian bouncer is the thing that they don't have. For all, an all-around for, lesbian bouncer. Just to deal bouncer. with the women. Because I think women are more problems statistically, I think, than guys. So it'd be nice just to have that, because girls are untouchable. You know, the male you can't bouncer is going to do anything. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, yeah. But you kind of get a girl in there. Yeah, yeah, I think like, it kind of that'd be, that's it, a good it idea. changes Someone up. Someone they the, call in. Yeah, like, <laughs> we need, need special uh, <laughs> need a special lesbian bouncer. Yeah, you just, just come in, a lot of earrings, short haircut. So so outside of learning the sort of stage positioning and stuff like that, what else, you know, what, how did it change your act, this speaking thing? I'm just curious for my own. You, you know, know what it is to me, because, it's kind of like if if I'm a huge music guy. Well, sometimes if when you listen to songs, you're like, I love that song. And yeah. Then for whatever reason, yeah. You hear something different yeah. in that song. Yeah. You know, like you didn't hear the bass line. Right. Say. You're like, holy fuck. Oh my god, that's a great. Yeah. But you've liked a song the entire time. Yeah. I think a lot of times doing some of this stuff makes for a better song, even though people might not notice it. 
Yeah. It's a better show. It's it's, uh, it's sort of like honing your craft. It's like at, getting some new tools. You know, doing or some, being you know. aware of mm-hmm. what you're. You know, l- let's say with the tone thing. Yeah. Um, you know, matching the tone of the person who was on before you, or starting off normal. You can't and, don't you don't want to match ever, really, do you? Um. Well, I, I, you just got to take the hit, don't you? I mean, you know, do, uh, you know. <laughs> I've done stuff well, and, and they showed the. Now it's not all like you said. It's not all. There's no scientific. Right. This yeah, is yeah. all just kind of where, if whatever goes on in in front of you, let's say if somebody is crushing with a certain, you know, fucking the chair. Yeah, maintenance. <laughs> that you almost go up and you take that that persona the second you get on. For I mean, I'm talking for seconds. I know, I know, but I I I've just, had experience with that, and then and then go off onto you. you know, right. I mean, I've, I've done it at, at a lot of corporate events. Like if if I get let's say intros, the the CEO was up there before, and he's going, ladies and gentlemen, this guy is on the Tonight Show, right. John Heffron, right? Da-da. And then I get up, hey, what's up, everybody? Everyone's yeah. like, yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Yeah, so in. then I'll get on and go, hey, everybody, nice, and I'll almost match. The person who was talking for just right. a second or two, right? And then, uh, then yeah, I'll because shoot. I think that, that way seems reasonable. But the other way, if some guy's fucking a chair and the yeah, audience yeah, is like jumping up and down, I'd rather just go up there and you know just fucking take it all the way down to zero. Well, or this is what I learned. I, like I said, uh, I, well, I'll only say it one more time. Yeah, uh, I this all could be bullshit. All right, but no, this it's is not just bullshit for, if this it works. is for, for right. me. If somebody is on stage and they're doing something that is just you know, has a weird vibe, right? And they were standing, and they were standing in just, you know, your center right in front of the mic, just whatever. Yeah. I'll take that mic yeah. in the stand and yeah. I'll stand on the corner. Yeah. I'll stand sure, completely sure. different oh, yeah. than how they were to let the audience know this is a different person. That's smart. Yeah, I think I've done that. But a lot of this stuff feels intuitive to me. Yeah, but that's, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty decisive. You just mix it, you know, make it weirder. Like whatever they did, you can just erase very, you know, casually. Yes. Right. All right. So, what would you write this talk on? What do you, What do you see your talk as? Being? I don't know. I gave up. I literally I went Come to the thing, and then I was, I was. That was my biggest problem. The entire thing is, what is my, what's your TED talk? What's my, th- what's what's my thing? Yeah. And you didn't, you you gave and up. It, I gave up. Well, what if it was about you know the art? Well, that's why the the, the book that I'm working on that is someone paying you for do this. You're just I'm doing, doing it all myself, man. How's that going? Because I'm at that I'm at a weird thing where I'm. I'm not, I mean, I had like fame for maybe 11 minutes. That sounds like the title of a great TED talk. <laughs> fame, fame for, for 11, 11 minutes. I had it. It was, it was running. <laughs> it was, I got the ball. It hit my chest and I ran about maybe five yards and then it got stripped. <laughs> it, exactly. You know what happened. So I don't know what happened. It got stripped. It didn't get stripped. It didn't get stripped. It just, um, petered out. Peter, well, I mean, I had a good run, and I still have a good run. All right, wait, it, let's talk about that, and then we're, I think we're going to put together a TED Talk by the end of this discussion. All right, perfect, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so the humble beginnings, I mean, where did you come from? Because I, look, you, honestly, I think I've seen you maybe once. I don't think we've met really, maybe we're once. We were on a flight in Montreal last year. Okay. That was it. That was it. That's it. And, but, you know, you've been doing it 20 some odd years. 23, yeah. You know, I've been doing it a quarter century. I like to say that now. Yeah. Quarter century. Wow, yeah. Yeah. So... How did we miss each other? Uh, yeah, I started you, it, my entire career. I never had a click or or a gang. That's the one regret. Well, what city were you in? Uh, I started in Detroit. So Detroit, 23 years ago, there was no click. Exactly. Right. So when I started doing stand-up, I was in college. I was 18. Uh, Where? You lived in Detroit? Uh, suburb. No one lives in Detroit. Yeah, I you know, know but like which suburb? Uh, I, I grew up right around Ann Arbor. 
That's so, a great city. So there was a comedy club in Ann Arbor. The Main Street Comedy Club. It's exactly. Uh, With Steeple. Steeple. Uh, Kirkland Teeple. Kirkland Teeple. He died, right? Yeah, yeah. He, what happened? He killed himself. Ugh. Yeah. Didn't he I mean, like, he did that like 10 years ago. Right, and he had a wife, right? Mm-hmm, wife and kids. Yeah. Yeah. I think I remember her kind of. Yeah, I yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. did. I don't know if I'd be able to pick her out, but I remember. So I was I was a huge stand-up comedy fan. Yeah. Like I, my mom would buy me like, you know, comedy cassette tapes and I would listen to it. Then yeah. I'd ask her about yeah. it. And yeah. if it was too dirty, she, yeah, yeah. she would, you know, go, yeah. oh, that's, you, you'll get that when you get older. So right. I was a huge fan. And then I'm going to sound like an old guy, but this is pre-Comedy Central. This is pre, so none of my other friends were into stand-up. Right. It just... Eddie Murphy came along maybe a little bit later than right, this. right. So I would go to an open mic uh, because it was at think, Main Street. Yeah, I think it was free to get in. And you were eighteen, and I was eighteen, so I would just go and just watch. Yeah, and I would go every week because I just love that was like a, that was a great sort of basement. Oh yeah, sh- low ceiling, dank, smart yeah. like Brown Club. It was dark in there. Yeah. Yeah, University of Michigan, really smart crowd. So then a waitress whose section we sat in all the time because she was hot goes, are you guys ever going to go on stage? And then I just said, yeah, probably next week. Like just because this hot girl is whatever. So then I signed up and went on stage next week. That waitress, though, by the way, was uh, Lucy Liu from Charlie's Angels fame. No. Yeah, which was weird because if I ran into her, there's no way she would know who I was. There's just no way. What, she was going to school there? She was going to school, just a waitress, you know, waitress. So you've it, never you never called her out. No, never, I. That'd be so weird because she literally, without knowing it, shoved my every person in my life, everything that I've accomplished or whatever was because she said, "Are you going up next week?" That's it. That <laughs> was wanted- that was as much contact as we ever had. But she just gave that little. Yeah, I will, yeah, to show you, <laughs> yeah. to impress you. And then I think she quit like two weeks later. I you, never talked to her. How did you know it was her? You knew her name, or did you, did you put that together later, or did you? Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, because she was she was gorgeous, yeah. and you just saw her. So then, when I think she was on some Xena yeah. princess show yeah, yeah, like yeah. a million You're years like, ago, shit. Like, that was that waitress. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah, and yeah. do you have validation on that? Is it true? Do oh you know yeah, hundred percent, it was. Oh my god! Yeah, that's great. Yeah, so so I started doing uh, open mics, and then. In Michigan at the time, so there wasn't really a click. I mean, there were some guys we who were performing um, at University of Michigan, like the Sklar Brothers, uh, a bunch of writers who were on Conan, Rich Eisen. They were like that group, but we, I really didn't hang out with them. And in Michigan, uh, if you were good at emceeing or yeah. somewhat funny, there was at the time there was a lot of work. Right. So pretty quick, I went right to emceeing, mm-hmm. and I paid my way through college just hosting. One-nighters? A lot of one-nighters and then some weekend rooms, but I worked probably almost every week going through college just hosting. Just driving, what, anywhere from oh, the I would drive. 10 I, to th- 300 I, miles? I remember driving from Ypsilanti, where I went, to, I went to Eastern Michigan, driving to Cleveland, hosting, which is a three-, four-hour drive, then driving back that night to go to class so you can And who work. were you opening for? Touring headliners, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. You remember, every, guys? Everybody. Um, Seeing guys early on? Yeah, a lot of like, um, I mean, killer bees. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jerry, th- there's a couple guys that I remember to this day because they yelled at me for giving them not the intro that they wanted. Oh yeah, this, who were they? This one guy, I, you know, Jerry Grossman. Uh huh. He was called the Human Jukebox. <laughs> I remember him. Uh, I still remember his intro because he, he because keep in mind, I'm, uh, you know, I'm 105 pounds, yeah, 18 years old, and yeah. this grown man is yelling at me. <laughs> 
because <laughs> I literally didn't say, and I'll never forget the band's name. He opened for Spyro Gyra, <laughs> and I didn't say T Rex. I still remember the Shit. band that he didn't say. He opened for T Rex. Yeah, that's he, a big. That's and, better than Spyro Gyra. And he just got all over me, going, "You will read my intro the way it is written." It's beautiful. And it just, you know, scared me. I was, you know I mean? I was yeah. a kid. I was just like, oh. Yeah, it's like Jimmy Walker's story about fucking up Wilson Pickett's intro. Yeah. yeah. So it was a lot of those type of yeah, guys. Yeah. You know, road, ro- right. really bad road guys. But at the time, they were headliners. Yeah. I didn't know that they were really bad road Well, at guys. that time, it was like, there was like, it was a huge, weird, booming road comedy business. Yeah. I mean, there were just- Not those, a lot of TV. Those dudes would never come into the coasts. Yeah. You know, they would just go, you know, they mean, just do all the rooms. Yeah. Uh, so I, I did that all through college. Then when I graduated from college, a degree in what? Uh, communications. Uh-huh. Uh huh. When I graduated from college, now I have you know a whopping four or five years experience. But I was tw- you know twenty one years old, and then I was doing two hundred colleges a year, making good money. Making I, at the time, I think I was making like seven hundred fifty bucks. Yeah, plus travel. But that, you know, bread, with yeah. no TV for a twenty one year old. Hell yeah. Yeah. So I made so I so I did that and they did that for a couple years. So now I have six or seven years ex- experience, and I think right around then I did evening at the improv. Right, that's how like old what, early nineties. Yeah, yeah, right? I did that. Yeah, um, and then did you feel that was a big break? Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I did with like Bill Maher was the host. Yeah, and yeah, I, and yeah. I flew to L.A. Yeah, and if yeah. you watch it, I'm wearing brown and in black, like the worst outfit. And you I go didn't down even... to Santa Monica to that improv, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and then I, I think somewhere after that, then I got uh, a little bit of, of more road stuff. Well, what would your parents think of this, though? I mean, where, where... I didn't tell my parents I was doing stand-up. I worked at a grocery store at the time, and then my dad comes to me and goes, are you doing stand-up? Because I'm a pretty quiet guy. Like, yeah. So I was never the yeah. theater guy. I was yeah. never any of that. And then he goes, are you doing stand-up comedy? And I go... Oh yeah, I'm just doing open mics. Yeah, and, and then, you're already touring on weekends or what? Uh, this was uh, uh, this was a little bit before. Okay, before okay. that. Yeah. Yes, is how I. Um, and then I don't know if I did the Tonight. But what show. did he say? Uh, then they came and told me, huh? and uh, never, you know, I like never not supportive any of them. They were what all did, like, "What did he do?" Uh, my dad was a uh, worked at UPS. Was a truck driver. Oh yeah, yeah. Retired. Worked. At, you know. UPS. Retired with a pension. Spent the whole time pension, at UPS. And now he drives old people to malls and stuff in vans. So he has going to VFW Hall beer money. Yeah, just one of those guys. Is it his own business or is he? Driving? No, he just works for the city. Uh-huh. Saved ten percent of everything he made the entire time. Yeah. Maxed out his four hundred one k. Did it right. Me was making that kind of money as twenty. Spent it all. <laughs> I've spent every money that I've ever made. I'm constantly. You know I mean, it's, it's like at one point. Do you go? Let's be smarter about this. You know, soon. Yeah, because I, 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 yeah, exactly. A couple the, of years the, ago, the, the times <laughs> it's clicking. Um, so you started as an opener, and then you featured, and then you headlined. You did yeah, the- and then I worked with jo- uh, Jeff Garland in Ann Arbor, and he said he came in from Chicago. Yeah, and he goes, if you say the word, I think he would write words down and yeah. said you have to say this in your act when you get on stage. <laughs> Garland, right? Because I remember him going at the time. He's like, you're a funny kid. Now yeah. keep on. I was like early, early twenties. He yeah. goes. But don't get in the habit of saying the same stuff every single, like, so when you get on stage, I'll never forget the word. He goes, you have, because I'm well, was super clean at the time. He yeah. goes, you have to say titty yeah. on stage oh, the yeah. next time. He goes, you believe the Garland system. <laughs> you took the Garland advice. And then he goes, if you say titty on, yeah. on stage, I will get you a week at the Chicago Improv. His, uh, Walter Gertz owned 
his uncle owned the club at the time. Is that true? Yeah. This was a lot. So I did it, and, and he said, okay, and he fulfilled this thing. So I got a week at the Chicago Improv, went to Chicago. Well, what happened when he said titty? Did a magic happen? I think I, I did like Conway Twit Titty. Like I acted like I go, oh, did I say titty? Like yeah. I did it like that. Because um, he's not that much older than you, so he was not some wise old. No, no, making but you say yeah, titty. Yeah, yeah, but he was a guy who's yeah, goofball. Um, so then I moved to Chicago for a second. Um, I didn't know his uncle owned the uh, Improv in Chicago. Yeah, way back then. Yeah, and then moved to Chicago, and then I I think maybe. I don't know, I'm messing up some stuff. Then I moved to LA. Yeah. And kind of was sucking in, in LA because I was pretty green still. Um, I remember meeting with like Rick Messina. Yeah, yeah. Tim Allen's guy. Yeah. And then Messina saw me because Mark Ridley said, you should see this kid. And he goes to me, you need to go check out the alternative scene. Uh, that's where you need That's where you yeah. need to be. So I remember going why, to why, a couple of those. That? I mean, you were... I don't know, but I went to a couple of the alternative things, yeah. and maybe it's because I grew up so blue collar, yeah, so horse townish, yeah. I I couldn't relate to any of them, <laughs> you know. I mean, I couldn't like I would watch that and I would go, "This isn't." I don't because when I was starting in Detroit, yeah. what happened was if you know, and this was pre Def Jam, so the crowds were pretty mixed, yeah. So I couldn't even fathom getting on stage with a notebook. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Those black guys in the crowd, they would crush you. You had to like show up like you knew your shit way before you got there. If you're like, what else do I got going on? And pulling out phone bills, trying to read a bit. You, well, I thought of this today. Is this funny? Like the alternative guys were. I'd be yeah. like, there's no way I would survive, you know, doing that. So I just couldn't relate. Yeah. I just couldn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they, would have they were just like, no, no. Ah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so I was in LA and I, I, I got a couple acting gigs or, or something like that. But then there was a morning show in Detroit, a really popular morning show that- Radio? Was, yeah, this Dick Purton guy yeah. was leaving, going to another station. Mm -hmm. So that radio station called me because I was a guest on Purton Show and they wanted a local guy. They go, would you be interested in doing this morning show mm -hmm. with Danny Bonaducci? Mm -hmm. uh, and I've never done radio before. And but, he was in Detroit? Uh, was gonna be. Huh. And then they offered me more cash than I've ever seen. Yeah. So I left my apartment in Los Angeles and went back to Detroit and ended up doing morning radio with Bonaduce for five or six years. Holy fuck. So that's, okay, so there you were. See, this is, like, you know, i known guys that done that. Mm -hmm. I did radio myself, not for that long, but, you know, a couple of years. But, you know, it's a weird choice to make because when you're a comic on a radio, you gotta be, you're the side guy, right? Mm -hmm. You're a support guy. Yeah. But at that time, you know, regional radio, it wasn't even regional, it was local radio, right? Or was it Detroit. syndicated? Detroit? No, no just Detroit. Just, yeah. So this is Bonaducci's first radio show, right? He's had a couple. Oh, no, really? He was doing well, and then they would bring him in to, uh, you know, help with the ratings. But I have no, and have, if people aren't familiar with, with Danny Bonaducci, he has a very tough personality. Right, but but the, the deal is, as a comic, you're like, well, fuck, you know, this is comedy, you know, this is something I can do. I'll raise my profile a little bit. But bottom line is with radio, it's like you got a contract. You got a year's worth of money there. 
but you know, I don't, I don't imagine you knew just how much fucking work that would be and how much it would kill your ability to do comedy on weekends, oh, doing morning radio. Was, I was waking up at three thirty in the morning. I did it. It's crazy. Driving in snow, getting there, playing Celine Dion. This is Celine Dion, Hanson. You were doing music too. Yeah. Oh, it we, wasn't all talking. No, we paid. We played ten dollars at all. Holy shit! Yeah. All right, so now you got you know Bonaduce doesn't know you. And he hated me. He hated me. For five first, years he hated you? The, the first, he, he tried to get me fired a bunch, but then I started testing well. People like- All right, so wait. So what, tell me about how that goes. So he doesn't know who they're going to hook him up no. with. No. So he gave, they gave him to me. Uh-huh. No, they gave me to him. Right. He had a sidekick in Chicago. Oh, so he's bitter? He didn't want, want any- yeah, Doesn't have his guy. Yeah, it's like suddenly- you know, you get a sponsor, and then they go. By the way, you're gonna have this. This girl's gonna be, and you're like, whoa, whoa. That's whoa. radio, it's though, right? Been, so, yeah. what was the first week like? Oh, it was. Uh, <laughs> I wish I had it, but I remember him going when we were done, yeah. going into an office, throwing a desk, yelling at our boss, say, "Who hired the fucking mute?" Yeah, to me, the mute. Oh, you weren't chiming in enough for him. No, well, with, with Danny, like, you know, I don't know if you've ever done his show. I, I've met him. I did it when he was on Corolla. I, I, I was on that show with him. I, I, he, but see, the thing is, is that he's the sidekick. Like, you know, he's a better sidekick than he's your driver. Yeah. So well, now, right? Well, here's, here's me the first day. Yeah, but one time I, cause I, I didn't know how to, I mean, in. there's an art, you yeah. know, between just kind of doing the little funny one-liners and, yeah, then, yeah. and then leaving. Right. And I had, I had, had no idea. You had just do done radio as a comic. Yeah. I had and no now idea. you were, and just... he hated me and he wouldn't, he wouldn't talk to me. And then he would, he would ask you a story like, so Everton, what'd you do this weekend? And while you were talking, he would take his fist, put his fist on his head and turn his head and literally close his eyes while you're talking just to kind of deball you. Just to go, and they go, wow, that was a riveting story. Anyway, here's my, and then he would go. So after it was, so he's a, it was, was a tough. Cock. It was tough. We got, we got. I've said this story before. We got in a fight. He knocked me out, gave me a concussion. Really? Then I got a bunch of Clear Channel stock because I thought I was a good sidekick, not realizing you're probably not allowed to hit people that you work with. Oh, so um, to to avoid a lawsuit, they- <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But I was so, I mean, I'm like 25. I had no idea. I'm like, oh, I'm really funny. I must be really funny that right. they gave me all this stock. They were just protecting like it. They didn't even bring it up. Don't even put the idea in his head. Just give him stock. <laughs> just give him stock. And you know what? What give, happened to that stock? Give him some personal appearance. I think I sold it. Yeah. Of course I sold it. <laughs> Keeping it being smart with so cash. So wait, no, I just don't like you. Because look, I had a partner on the air. I was on the radio for a year and a half. Him and I did fine together. Right. There was no resentment. You know, I don't think he wanted to be where he was. But, you know, when we got on the air, we had juice. We had did a right. good show off the air. We didn't socialize at all. But now you're on the air with a guy that doesn't like you. Yeah. And, you and you've got, and, and d- does the audience know that? Do yes. They- and it actually made me more powerful in a weird because he would go after. He bullied you. He, he bullied me so hard on the air. So, so they start rooting for you. Yeah. And that actually made me. And then in radio, they do these things where they would test you. Like, so they would put you in a, you know. You talking in a focus group and yeah, you got yeah, people yeah, turn yeah. dials. Right. Where I started testing super well. Because yeah. we are a chick station and they all felt sorry for me. Right. And so I tested well. Yeah. So they would go to Bonaduce. Yeah. He's not going anywhere. People like him. So then I forgot even what happened. I think we got in a fight at uh Matchbox Twenty concert. This is where he clocked you? No, th- no, he was gonna fight an entire row of people. Well what what tell what what started the fight where he knocked you out? He uh we were talking to Janet Jackson, and he f- he said something wrong. 
read the paper wrong. Yeah. And then he grabbed the producer and started choking out the producer as we're talking to Janet Jackson. So he's literally on top of this mad guy. Yeah. So as Janet Jackson's talking, I'm over here trying to grab Danny off and then I would come back. So what was it like growing up with all those brothers? <laughs> and then I would jump back over <laughs> trying yeah, trying yeah. to pull him and just yeah. in the melee, I got punched right in the back of the head, like really hard. And then I ended up buying a VCR that day and, and my the girlfriend at the time was like, why'd you buy a VCR? Like I didn't remember- Buying it? Any of that. Oh, so you had a concussed, you were concussed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, you know. Yeah, so that was that, and then we did something. So wait, where, so he wanted to beat up a whole row of... Yeah, so we're at Matchbox 20, and somebody said, you guys suck, and then Danny goes to the takes off his shirt and says, let's go, I'll fight the entire row. Well, now listen, we're at a Matchbox 20 concert, <laughs> yeah. nothing pops off at a Matchbox 20 concert. Yeah, yeah. It's girls who drug their boyfriend or husband to the concert. Right. That's, you're not gonna get in a fight. Mm -hmm. Uh and I kind of backed him up. Did I, Danny MC the show or was he like- No, there we for were it? just there for oh, free concerts or right. maybe we had to do an appearance. Yeah. But for some reason, I think I jumped into the, the scuffle with him and that bonded us. Uh -huh. There was a moment. Then the next day on air, he was, Heffern, you know, I never really thought, but Heffern got my, <clears throat> got my back. Yeah. And it was, and then ever since then, or after that, it was smooth sailing. Huh. Yeah. Or we play into the bullying. Like then it became almost like- stick. It almost became so you, you, it's sticky. Some, some boy shit got you, brought you together. Literally, yeah, 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 that, yeah. That was it. So then, then we all got canned from from yeah. from that uh, thing. Uh, and then I moved back to LA. Yeah. And then I was doing. Um, How was, was your stand up at this point? Were you able to do any? I was doing a lot of stand up in in Detroit. In so you go out theater like I because we of were the radio. monsters. Yeah. Yeah, and Danny would go with you or what? Sometimes he would host. So and, okay, and so, I was I was doing a lot still on the weekends, right? You were because I was only tw I was twenty five. I could handle it. So you take a nap on Friday afternoon to go do Friday night show, yeah. and then Saturday you kind of have your shit together. Yeah, and I would bounce around. You know, yeah. the, there were still a lot of clubs at the time. But you were doing you were you you built a draw in Detroit. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. Yeah, put out like my first CD and it was sold just a lot. Really, only because of, you know regional. We, we, yeah, only because we were on a very popular show. Right at the time. Um. And then I think I shot during that like a, a, a half hour special for Comedy or, Central or something. And then I moved back to LA. And, to be a nobody again? To be a nobody. But now I'm a little bit, now I, now I have a little bit of, of money saved. Yeah. And because I was on the radio, I kind of felt like my ego was, I, I didn't feel like a star, but I kind of had that confidence. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. people, you, you know. Sure. So my second time around LA was way better because I would get on stage and- You could do I'm it. I'm a little bit older yeah, now yeah. And, yeah, and, yeah. and whatever. Uh, and then um, I was performing in Florida where I ended up meeting my wife uh, at the time. She worked at a comedy she, club? She worked at the construction company who built the comedy club. Which club? Uh, Tampa Improv. Oh, yeah. Um, Down in the Ebor district? Yeah, and yeah. I met her, and I was like, well, maybe I'll just move to Florida, and I'll just be a road guy. Did Gary Menke have anything to do with it? Yeah, no, no, I met him later, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I was kind of in, in that space. You still I'm, married to her? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I was flying from Florida to Detroit, and then my old manager said, hey, you should audition for Last Comic. And then I go, well, I'll be in Nashville. Was that the second season? Second season. So what year was that? It seems like 1976, but yeah. uh, 2005. Okay. Um, You're going to be in Nashville. Yeah, so then I, I 
went to Nashville. The Zanies? Yep. Yeah. And then auditioned, but I was like, well, maybe if I make the first show, at least that's another well, TV Well, you taped credit. it, you mean? Or they were there? Uh, they were there for the auditions. You know, they had that hole where you get on stage and there's oh, so they were process. gonna they were gonna be in Nashville and you just and I decided it. yeah I was going to Michigan anyway so right. I decided I'll pop in I'll just I'll just audition for it and then right. I'll go back right. I'll go to Michigan and then you know then I just kept staying on it you know how did that work and yeah I, I'm not yeah I didn't watch any of them you yeah. won yours right yeah. So you, okay, so you go to the first audition and they go, okay, you're in. They tape that shit. Yeah. So everything's taped all the way yeah. through, right? Up to the, uh, there were, it, it ended up being live. So they would go, okay, you'd go on to New York and then out of that, that 50, then they would narrow that down to 20 and then out of that 20, got narrowed down to 10. And that's when they start the and show. And then they went in, into the house. I was on, the season I was on was uh, Todd Glass, Kathleen Madigan, Alonzo Bowden. Right. Bonnie McFarlane. Yeah. Corey Holcomb, right. Ant, and Gary Goldman, and Tammy Pascatelli. They're all all working comics at that time. That was the interesting thing about Last Comic Standing. Everybody was kind our, of... Yeah, our season was the first... The first season before was people who had no TV credits. Right. And then I think our season, everybody had something. I think well, I did a Tonight Show before. Well, yeah, before. but like, I don't remember who the first season was, but they, I guess they wanted people that could do the job all the way through. I mean, right... Yeah, comedy's not one of those things where you want a newbie. Well, yeah, because they, they, all they got is seven minutes. Yeah, and when then you're going to go see that guy live and just yeah. be really bored about yeah. seven minutes into right. the act. Yeah. Right, all right, so you go through all that bullshit. Yeah. How much of that was staged? Um, As far as... Well, I mean, you got to live in the house and there's like conflict. I, I, I can't speak to it that well because I didn't watch it, but I mean... Yeah, there was... House stuff, I mean, and, and I have a buddy that produces a lot of reality shows and they didn't do half of the stuff that they do now. Yeah. But I remember, you know, on ours... They because we were pretty boring in the house, yeah. you know, comics like we just there wasn't any drama where they would start creating. Oh, you got his aunt to make yeah, drama, exactly. And he was there and he caused a lot, but he can only do so much, yeah, yeah. So then I remember them like busting the air conditioning on, on purpose. purpose, yeah, so it just got hot and yeah. everyone, or they would start taking food or try to get people. It's just so funny that be, people have this assumption about comics, but it's like you know, we like to just hang out. Yeah, you, you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, Even if you don't like the guy, you, you're not necessarily in that guy's face. You no, just I know. Go, I don't to, like that guy. You, you're not... used to being in condos with people you don't know or you don't yeah. like, and you fucking yeah. do your own thing. Yeah, it's a very interesting life. And then, then they had to manufacture all this shit. So you jump through all these hoops and you win. Yeah, and you made you won some money. Uh, I didn't win uh, my season. There wasn't money. There was uh, <laughs> you got well, you got a, a thing called a talent hold, which mm. yeah, and it was fifty thousand dollars, right? <laughs> You, and then, you didn't get that money. Well, we got union scale after union for being on the show every day. There yeah. was some union like 400 bucks, yeah, right? Yeah. So everybody on the show, if you were, you know, the 10 who made it in the house, yeah. everybody made $22,000. Yeah. That was just union scale. Yeah, yeah. They subtracted my 22 from my 50. What do you, from the 50 that was- That I won. For the from my deal, so I won a fifty thousand dollar talent hold minus twenty. Then they minus the twenty two from that fifty. And they, instead of that's like they had to do that in some dirty business way, in a way because like you, I got forty five hundred bucks out of fifty thousand dollars. Holy fuck! Forty seven, forty seven, forty seven hundred. Yeah, forty seven. Yeah, four thousand seven hundred bucks. Because because like you know you were entitled to that from doing the work. 
So I don't know how they would cancel that out on a develop. It's a holding deal. It's just so what some company who was it? NBC. NBC who wasn't going to do anything. We actually right after last comic went into NBC and they go, yeah, we're not we're not doing anything with anybody from that show. So they they subtracted the money that you <laughs> earned from the money that, yeah. that that usually is you know fifty thousand dollar holding deal means like you know for a year you know we might integrate you. you we know, might we, let you audition for Friends. But they took. Yeah. Uh, they took that money out. Did you fight that? Who that was? The, that's how it was. It was like a record deal where they like, yeah, loan. That was and Cats, then, right? Yeah. And then the other seasons, I think everybody won like quarter of a million or something. But my season was, was, was <laughs> and he, here's a, a little thing. So then they had, so we're season two. Yeah. Then they had season three right. because it was really popular. Yeah. They started season three, two weeks, two weeks after season two, not yeah. even a full year. Right. So I was supposed to do a bunch of TV, like Ellen and some sitcoms and As stuff the winner. like that. And, or people who saw me on the show and go, right. we would like to have yeah, him yeah, on. Yeah. Then Last Comic said, John can't do any of that stuff because that would put him at, a, at an advantage over everyone who was on season three. So I wasn't allowed to do- An advantage of why? Anything after being, you know, I but got- you weren't, But you weren't going back. What does that mean, an advantage? I had to go back to season three. That yeah, was, I, I went again- I had to start all over again. That and, was part of the deal. Yeah, yeah, because I was still signed or, or whatever with with Last Comic for a year from the fifty thousand dollar holding deal. Yeah, so I had to then I had to start competing again. And now, now you've just now you've just seen me eleven weeks, and now people are done with me. And then they weren't put me in promos. They wouldn't. Not that I win it again or cared, but I wasn't allowed to do anything. So the idea was that the winner keeps competing. That because that didn't stick, did it? I mean, no, they did. It was they did season one versus season two. Uh huh. Is what is what season three was? Huh. So so. I'm not, so they I'm just, not bitter about that, but I, I I couldn't I couldn't do anything from the the spoils of actually being on network television for twelve weeks. I didn't get to parlay that into you know. anything. Yeah. Other than but the road work. But then I went on the road. You know, my money went up a bazillion. I was you know doing a lot of corporate. So and and I that's really probably the, if if I was to make any mistakes over the last couple of years, it's. I, I kind of got addicted to making a little bit of money mm. and I should have stayed home. I should have went, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to audition. I'm going to try to develop. Yeah. I was just like, you know, all right, I got to be on the road. Let's just keep, because this will one day go away. Yeah, I know. You but, know? but you know, ticket sales are real. The other stuff, you know, it's hypothetical. Yeah. But yeah, so you, you were able to, when did you feel it? How many years did it take for it to start to wane if it did? Wayne, as far as well, I mean, like you know, you got the juice, you know, from last comic standing. You're selling tickets. Yeah. Did the money start? You know, now we can't give you as much as we did the yeah. last time. Yeah, yeah. How yeah. long? A year? Two years? No, I held on for a long time. Yeah. But it's it's you know, and then it it, it shifted. Like I wasn't doing that much corporate stuff, and then now suddenly I'm doing a lot of corporate stuff, like for really big companies. So so okay, so you were able to to do mainstream comedy clubs as the winner of last comic standing, yeah. and sell tickets, and people were happy to see you. Yeah, a couple of years of that, yeah, maybe the draw starts to you know diminish a little bit. You're making a little less money, and then you start doing more corporates. Yes. See, I haven't talked to anybody that does corporates. I, I mean, I, I imagine I do talk to people that do it, but they, you know, I don't tell you about it. It's an area that I never got into, but it is a a legitimate way that that comics make money. What what's expected of you? How does that work? I do a bunch of different stuff. And like, that's where the last comic standing thing still means something. This guy, you know, he won the last Because guy. corporates, because I've done, what, I have three specials out yeah. in, in like five tonight shows yeah. in last comic. So I have enough TV credits yeah. to keep me going for a while yeah. in the corporate world. Right. Um, 
So it, it changes. Like I did one for Jim Beam where I hosted their three-day event. Mm-hmm. And I would go on stage for five minutes and go, here's regional sales director. And then that <laughs> dude would get up and go, here's our numbers. And yeah. he would talk for an hour. Then when he was done, I'd come back out and go, we're going to break for lunch. <laughs> so it's it's literally you go full circle. Like, so, you know, you're an MC and you're doing and trying not to fuck up Jerry Grossman's in, intro. Yeah. And now I'm introducing the CEO going, oh, I hope I don't mess up this one. It's the same thing. They open just, for T-Rex. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but now just the money. Yeah. Now the money's changed. That's yeah. all. Or, you, you know. You make good money on uh, corporate, right? Yeah. Or I'll do ones where I'll just walk out and I'll be there after dinner mint where the- 2,000 people just got done eating and you just go up and- What do you do, 20? Um, and I'll, you know- You do an hour? I do, and 45. I try to always talk them down to 45 where yeah. I go, listen, these guys want to get back to the room, hit back page and get yeah. hookers. Nobody yeah, yeah. wants to hear me for <laughs> an hour. That's excessive. You know? But I've done it. It's the corporate money. I did just did a show with Gaffigan where I think it was like 6,000 people. Yeah. The corporation just hired me to open- For Jim. For Jim. Um, and it's, it's great. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, I, I talked to some, you know, comic friends that kind of like, oh, that corporate thing, you know, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, it's to me, it's the same thing when comics romanticize. Sometimes you got to have a tough crowd and you go and do these late night spots. It's the same exact feeling yeah. because you're looking at guys in suits who don't want to be there. It's and they the were same. with everybody they work with, too. Like they, there's a, a power structure there. Yeah. Like they got to look to see who's laughing at what. But yeah, I mean, if you're you know pretty clean and you're not pushing any buttons, you know, but I imagine that you're dealing with a lot of nervous people who were there with their bosses and it for dep- the fucking weekend. And it depends on the the company. Like yeah, yeah. Uh, money guys notoriously suck. Like yeah. those shows, if I, if I hear their financial or yeah. whatever, I'm like, this is going to be hard. Why? Salespeople party. Is? Why? Oh yeah, of course, because they, yeah. they they know how to spend it's, the company's money. It's yeah, the other it's, guys. One's <laughs> trying to save the company's money. The other ones are like, let's spend the fucking money. Yeah, and it's uh, it's weird the ones you do. Like I've done, like I did Sonic Sonic Company that hamburger. Yeah, there's Mercedes, all these huge, and then you you end up doing something that's like the Canning Institute. Yeah, and it's a thousand people that just develop cans. I just did that, and you're like, what? <laughs> this is, and you get there, and they're all some of them. Sometimes you do shows where you look at the crowd, and they're all seventy year old men and stuff. So, but you just kind of go, well, how'd you do with the Canning Institute? Did well. Yeah, yeah I did well. But, but like, I have found if you bitch about your wife, that that goes across the board. <laughs> you can be in front of two hundred <laughs> you guys that are venture capitalists that make a shit ton, or you know. The, the car washing yeah. union yeah yeah they all relate to the same sure. thing yeah. they so. all want to hear yeah complaining about wives is universal is what you're yeah. saying yeah 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 what do you think it is though that money guys don't laugh like sales guys i don't know it's like or if you do tech stuff like yeah. i've done tech companies yeah it's just the different they all have different ways to be talked to yeah. they just, or maybe they different realities they, they don't know how to complain about their wives or they don't or have they've wives. never had wives <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah, or they were kids. Uh, I have a stepdaughter, mm-hmm. who's, uh, Air Force nineteen, but no kids. Mm-hmm. She's in the Air Force. Yeah, just grad. We just went and saw her at uh, boot camp. She just graduated. Oh wow, yeah, really cool. And you live in L.A. You yeah. live over here in the yeah. valley. So so what do you, what do you do now? You just kind of you're just riding it out. You're trying to get corporates. You're trying to you know what? you know I'm at that weird you know seeing what's cool now i think with technology and stuff that you can if you create a niche you could do really well like mm-hmm. i think you're like a great example of that yeah. where back in the day you had to be on a network yeah. to be a star maker yeah but now there's guys 
that are just you know one of us or it's com- like comics that became made men yeah you know uh like like you could if you flip that switch and go you know what these are my five favorite comics yeah i'm doing a tour we need to right now you've made those guys you right. have that power right rogan has that power right you know there's a lot of those guys that have powerful podcasts that go here's my clan yeah yeah, I don't. I'm not a clan guy, but I, I but know that, what you mean. But in, yeah. in that, like I said earlier, right, right. that's one of my thing is because weren't you in the Rogan clan briefly? Uh, briefly, yeah. And, and people came to my shows because of that, sure. which what normally my crowd is usually forty year olds. Yeah, that just like well, our kids didn't have soccer or cheerleading, so I guess I'll have to take my wife out. Right, that's exactly my uh, look. I, I'm cultivating an audience that likes me, and they're not really specifically aged, but I like having uh, audiences that know me and that are mature people. Yeah, I, I'm much rather that than just sort of winging it for a room full of fucking random comedy yeah, yeah, people. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you I, have a podcast now, right? I try. I was doing a podcast with John Reap, who's a comic who funny was on guy. last comic. Yeah, yeah super yeah. nice guy. Our our show sounded really '80s morning show, but we did that on purpose. And I kind of lost the scene. It's like, you have a niche. Everybody who has really good podcasts have yeah. a niche. Yeah. Me and John, we were funny with each other, but there wasn't like, hey, yeah. did you read in the news? Yeah, like, yeah. it was kind of that. Yeah. So I'm kind of out of the podcast game because I don't know. What, what... was your first See, podcast? See, I have the same problem with the TED Talk or the podcast. Yeah, what I is need it? A, I need a theme. Yeah? That's all. Well, what, do, what do we got? What do we I gotta, come up with? We got to figure out. Maybe I'll just stick in that. Well, I mean, you got the wife thing, right? That's the thing, right? The complaining about your wife. But I mean, that's, you know, not, you know, it's not necessarily completely unique territory, but. <laughs> right, right. But, uh, you know, yeah. So you're just hitting a wall with that, huh? Yeah, yes. But but I'm doing that. I'm, I'm in a weird, uh, a happy place, but a weird kind of that, like, agent wise, I make enough money, but I don't cause problem like problems. So I'm, yeah. I'm that. I always say I'm the guy who pays for my agency's lights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. like I'm, I'm right. that. They're like, yeah. listen, Heffern really doesn't give us any problems. He's yeah. consistent. Yeah, we're gonna spend our time on the guys who hands we have to hold yeah. and the new people. Right. Like yeah. those are the two people. Right. We, You're the, just a workhorse. I'm yeah. the. I'm that. I've turned into my dad. I'm just that teamster guy that goes well. He doesn't sell super well, but he sells well enough. Yeah. To have him back consistent. Do you ever go back to Detroit? You ever think about like you know? I, do you ever like think about buying property in that city oh, now that oh, it's a nickel? It's. I look at constantly. I'm looking at acreage in Michigan and trying to convince my wife the winters aren't that bad. We can go off the grid. Yeah. I'll buy thirty acres. Because you can I'll get go it on for the road, nothing, right? I'll go on the road 15 weeks a year. It's got to come back, right? Life. Doesn't it have to come back? I mean, you can't just like you can't just junk a whole city. I don't know what Detroit's like, but I got to assume that there are, there are artists and, and people who are trying to... In, res- the, in the city of, they are, but the suburbs, there's just really no industry. Luckily, I'm in an industry where I could live anywhere and it doesn't really matter. And she's not buying it. No, I, I don't know if I could go back to cold. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm doing that, and then I'm getting ready to shoot another special. Um, hour? Yeah. How many hours you put out? Uh, I have three specials. I've, yeah, uh, and you self-produce them, or what are you doing? Uh, the, all the other ones I've done through other people. This, yeah. this one, I'm thinking about self-producing. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I've done specials, you know, that Comedy Central and that I've had on my website where they say, you, you, you need to take that off. Right, or I yeah, get in trouble on desist. YouTube yeah. for playing myself. That's right. Or every, I have like four comedy CDs. I only get money from one. Really? Yeah. So so now it's kind of like, I might just do my own and, you know. 
That's the way Thank to do God. it. I mean, I just did a special for Netflix, you know, but the, you know, the thing about the special for me is like, if you can get the money right up front, it's like, you know, how much is it really going to make you after a year or two? None. Yeah. Probably none. Yeah, right. Or do you, do you feel like doing even new a new special and throwing that out to the universe, do you think that even helps anymore? Look, they're going to give me the money up front. Yeah, you know, so you go for money up front. That's kind of, well, I'm teetering. Yeah. I mean, I did, uh, you know, several half hours. I did two half hours for Comedy Central and I've done four CDs. I mean, yeah. what, you know, what's it really worth to me two years from now? Really? Yeah. It's, it's old. And plus you look back at, at that special, or at least I look back at mine and go, what was I thinking? Yeah, like, but why yeah. did I do that stuff that way? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Like, you're constantly, jo- hopefully evolving where you look at all or your stuff. Or some jokes get better as, as time I, goes on. I've only written, I have, I have three jokes that I've done my my entire act <laughs> not three joke but like the in Themes. the thing where i go remember when i'm getting older and relationship right so those three See, there's your ted talk those three things you got the 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 11 <laughs> minutes of fame yeah I and got, and the the three i got three. the three things listen you can make three. it through life with three. only yeah, yeah, threes are important. You, yeah. you had the the pot, the booze, and the coke tears. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. and now you've got the what are the three? Remember when? Yeah. I'm getting older and relationship. You know, and then the, what I do is on the, each one of those, yeah. I have hours, you know, uh, of each. Yeah, and then I just will look at my watch and go. I think for the first 15 minutes, I'm going to talk about growing up, <laughs> and then the next 15, and I kind of so that's why every show I do, yeah, it's not it's not always it's not the same because it's kind of. Right, you could, but, I just feel but like, you have a structure for it. It's just like oh, there's a different growing up story. But then you reach the stage as a comic where you're like, you're like, I want to do something else. But suddenly, if you came and saw me, there's no way I could be political because I'm just not smart enough. Yeah. But if you're used to seeing me, and then then you see me, and I'm really opinionated. Yeah. You'd be like, whoa, hey, <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like this isn't this isn't why we come and see you all the time. You're so. not an aggravated guy. No, but I think I need to be. I think I need to spice it up. Do, do you That's feel- why it's sometimes I'm usually in a good mood and try not to be a pain in the ass. And and you know, do you are you, do you, are you angry? Huh, that's the problem because no. I need to you know I've I've become so comfortable with just going well it is what it is and it's yeah, yeah. but I, I need to be agitated a yeah. little bit I tried doing it at clubs where for, like when I would work with people uh, I would watch their show yeah. and find something that pissed me off that yeah. they were doing yeah. to use that energy to get on stage and be a little bit pissed yeah yeah and then it's you know it just goes and then I'm away. Like, why am I why am I shitting on this kid? He doesn't know, you know. And then you don't know whether you should be that guy to say anything. Right. When you see somebody yeah. doing something. Bef- yeah. You know. Before, because some guys go, some comics go, who gives a fuck what people do in front of you? Just yeah. get up. Other yeah. times, you get. For me, you get lazy and you just want to be controlling. Well, yeah, you know, I learned that, that's a weird lesson to learn. It's like, do you, do you use the last guy to bust balls to get your in, to get in in that first five? You know, it can hurt some feelings sometimes. Yeah, I don't. I, I yeah, just yeah. shut up. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just shut up. I like the idea of a, the the angle of the act is you're conflicted about being angry. Like you're you're you're, you're angry that you're not know. more angry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I should be upset about this, but I'm not. What the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> yeah, because like when I see comics, like young guys or. Uh, asking questions in front of me for yeah. some reason that's the thing that if i hone in on it yeah. i'll start to get really pissed i'll never say anything to the comic what you mean on stage asking yeah. questions yeah like <laughs> nothing bugs me more like what, like what do you mean like what do you mean so you guys uh anyone here ever been to ohio 
Yeah, everybody, everybody knew, like Cedar Point yeah. in Ohio. Yeah, you ever get on the Demon Drop ride? <laughs> I was on the Demon Drop ride, and I shit myself. Well, dude, just say you were on a ride and you shit yourself. <laughs> we, you know what I mean? You don't need to go. How many people have you know? Uh, that's uh, which because yeah. I ask. Yeah. I, I literally. At, at my shows, I want the audience to not have to do any work. Right. Just be entertained. Yeah. So I'm not going to ask you. Yeah. You guys ever? Yeah, yeah. Have you ever done this? Have but you ever I, seen? Have you he ever? Did, he, the one question he didn't ask is how many other people shit themselves? See, I'm the only <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. Or get yeah. right to that. And then when I get on stage and go, so was this? Oh, yeah, I did that. Yeah, I didn't ask you. You know, so it kind of. <laughs> he, he opened up the door to an interactive experience and you just want to do your act. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so, yeah. I don't know. Well, it was great talking to you, man. Well, thank you so much. And, uh, you know, I'm glad we had this chat. You know, he's uh, getting to know you. You know, we never really talked, and now we know each other. Nice. And I wish you the best of luck with everything. Thank you so much. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with John Heffron. I had a good time talking to him. And before I forget, uh, he discussed a book he was working on or that was coming out, and it's out. The book is out. John Heffron's book, I Come to You from the Future, Everything You'll Need to Know Before You Know It, hashtag relationships, hashtag money, hashtag career, hashtag life, is out. And you can get it uh, wherever you get books, Amazon, the paperback is out, the Kindle version is out. If you want to get John Heffron's book as a gift or for yourself, uh, good. All right, go to WTFPod.com for all your WTF Pod needs. Uh, check the merch. The merch is coming. Christmas presents are coming. Get yourself some JustCoffee.coop. Get the app. If you're new to the game here, you can only hear the most recent 50 for free. Then you got to kick in. You got to get that free app and then upgrade to the other app. And you can listen to all 400 and whatevers. All right, so relax. All right? Thanksgiving is done now. Or it's just about to happen. All right, listen, if you're just heading in, if it's family time and you're just heading in, perhaps you're on the plane or in the car driving over, all right? Put on your uh, put on your gear, put on your emotional gear, fortify your boundaries because they're coming at you, man. The family is coming at you and they know your buttons, all right? So maybe you should just make sure that the cover to the console is reinforced and that you're pleasant and you're not ready to engage, all right? Act like you're better than you are. Don't give them an in. Why can't I just say have a good time with your family? Why Why do I assume that you people know what I'm talking about? When I'm talking the way I'm talking. Why? Because we're close. We are. We're close. Some of you are healthy, but I'm not talking to you. You just go Go now. Just leave now. You just quit listening. Go enjoy your family. The rest of you, fucking, you know, put on your helmet <laughs> the best way just act like you're doing much better than you are and and sell it sell it alright don't let them in be polite don't let them in I don't want you leaving crying alright alright Godspeed Boomer lives Boomer lives